Coffee at Collier's, let's all sit down and have a chat. We'll talk and talk and talk some more until we all get fat. Be happy or sad or glad or mad, you can talk to us. Open your heart and mind, anything you want we can discuss. Welcome to Coffee with Colliers, episode one. My name's Aaron Russell, and I'm here with my colleague... David Maneri. Welcome, David. <laughs> Thank you very much, Aaron. Um, I have a first question for you. Go ahead. Why on earth do you think anyone's going to listen to a podcast that you do, or I do, or Colliers do? What is the reason? Tell me the motive. Uh, the reason for starting the podcast um, we're having chats in the office quite simply not just our industry but plenty of industries and this is probably pissed up through COVID as well uh, they've all become quite cold faced so you're doing your shopping online you're buying products on Amazon online arriving the next day and you can now purchase a property online so we thought we'd create the podcast to showcase our personalities in Colliers. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're basically suggesting that everybody needs to hear estate agents' personalities more. Well, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, um, it is a bit of lighthearted fun. Uh, we, we, obviously, we take our work immensely seriously, but yeah. you shouldn't take everything in life so seriously, and uh, I thought this would be a bit of crack. So there's a reach out to those who want to sort of understand what we do or... A little bit more about the agency business, certainly from our side of things. Um, plus also, I suspect you want to get across some experiences you've had from your plight in the in this industry. Yeah, well, that's leading on to point number two, David, thank you. How the business has evolved over the years. But we were, prior to this podcast, obviously making a few notes, shooting the breeze, just about, well, how long have we been doing this for? I'm nearly 20 years. David, what are you? I'm just over 25 years in the business. Okay. We, we, we actually were, were, were talking about our first employers. Well, sorry, my, I was talking about my first employer and you mentioned things that Eric had taught you and Philip Johnson kindly gave me my first shot back in 2003. Um, the late, they, great Philip Johnson. The late, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I owe my start to him. So, uh, and we're having a bit of fun about how Eric used to encourage you Eric was to engage with, with vendors anyway. But go so ahead. I went to work for the Eric partnership after I, w- I dabbled in university for a bit, but I dabbled in France for a bit. Then I came back and I worked for Eric Cairns. Um, at that time, he was a friend of my dad's and he took me in as if it were and I started to work for him. And I sort of shadowed him for a few years. Davey Weir, who was his founding partner, was uh, sort of my mentor. I was kind of his protege, as it were. Uh, and Eric would take us up to his office and he was like, right, boys, uh, we need to give you some serious advice <coughs> on how to... Uh, move forward in this industry for example <laughs> if you're if you're in a, a little old lady's house somewhere in the Orange Peninsula and she offers you a cup of tea you see you must take that cup of tea because you might be the only person that she speaks to that day and I, <laughs> I know you're laughing now, I'm but... laughing I'm laughing as well with Neve he's, he's kindly recording this podcast looking for what is he no, talking about that's Eric <laughs> Um, but I do a better Eric than Eric. Anyway, no, he said it was very old school and told everybody, you know, the, the sort of manners in the business. And, and to the extent, I don't think the industry's changed an awful lot. It's a very personality-driven business. Um, I know Philip Johnson, who he used to work for, was a different kind of agent. Well, yeah, he was very aggressive, was, very good at what he did. You know, but Eric would have been more suave and drove the Bentley and 
you know, a little bit different. Philip would have been very sort of... Well, yeah, there was different, different advice given you were told to have a, a cup of tea with uh, the ladies house you were violin, where I was encouraged if he pulled out a regal keen size in the living room to smoke a regal with him. Um, so, yeah, slightly different. <laughs> which, which weirdly happened, and looking back on it, it's, it's cringeworthy. Did you used to then take that advice to head and walk up to the door of a house smoking a cigarette? Just go on, I <laughs> never, it, it, was, uh, it was never that bad, never that bad, never well, that bad. Well, let's pull in a different direction from you. So, We've obviously worked together for quite a number of years. Um, when I started out, it was probably a slightly steadier market and then rapidly fell into, well, there hasn't been a steady market I've worked in since. You know, So 2003 uh, joining, we saw a rapid rise probably from 2005 to 2007 on the property price. Then we had the financial disaster, but we took a long time to recover from that. Just as we're recovering, we got slapped in the face with Brexit and the world panicked upon it. Now we worked through that. And then uh, COVID arrived, of which, to be honest with you, I think looking back on that, we'll be honest, we felt it's time to drop tools. This is, this is 2008 again. This is going to be an absolute disaster, of which it was the polar opposite, really. You know, it, I mean, 2021's probably been our best year. Um, and we were selling houses virtually on a Zoom call uh, from our living rooms. You it's know, very it's strange. You discussing those kind of points in your career or your, your span in this industry is quite interesting because you're absolutely right. It's been, there hasn't really been a normal market for a long time. As you say, between 2004 and 2007, we saw meteoric rises and any kind of land or new build or residential property, it was going was growing at unprecedented sort of 10, 20% per year for those years. And then of course the music stopped, the Celtic Tiger came and there was the catastrophic drop of 55, 60% in value. And then the next five or six years was very much the repossession world, if you remember. Yeah. And we dealt with that. You know, we were, as you remember, we were in a different uh, residential and commercial company and we had departments that just basically dealt with uh, repossession property. And that was kind of it. You know, there's obviously some resales as well, but every single person was affected by it. And during that rebuild, which honestly took, I, I think you'll agree, 10 years. Easy. You're absolutely right. 2000, yeah. Then came Brexit, which was, uh, it wasn't so much that the market changed. It was just the uncertainty, wasn't it? You know, and yeah. everyone's like, God, what's going to happen? And no one really knew, but we got through those couple of years okay. And then, of course, COVID came. And that's very interesting you're saying that about COVID because... We generally, you and I obviously have worked together for 15 years and we were in Colliers when COVID hit, obviously, and we were thinking this could be it. Yeah. You know, we could be driving for Amazon, we could be driving for Tesco's. This is, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen here, that the whole world's going to shut down. Uh, and weirdly, it, as you quite rightly say, it's been the best sort of 18 months of not only our tenure, but I suppose of most estate agents out there, but very little to complain against. Um, and then, of course, in 2022, we've got a war. So, 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 who wants a normal market? <laughs> but there was, I mean, actually, when you think back on it, you even during COVID, you know, we 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 have crack within the office, and when you you take the crack away from the office and you're working from home, it it sort of started feeling lonely. So we started come up with our Zoom calls on a Friday, if you remember. Yes. And we all had a drink together. We all had to Zoom. dial in at 4.30 on a Friday. And 5.30, we worked at 5.30, it's just 5.30, it's 4.30. <laughs> <laughs> we all had to dial in at 1.30 in the afternoon on a Friday. Uh, 
Most of us were already starting drinking by I loved how it started though. Standing <laughs> in at four thirty and the first sort of one or two weeks there was one or two drinks had. I think one week I was there at like half eight, nine. <laughs> Megan was doing the kids' dinner, bed, everything as I sat on. And then immediately Loving just started me. on a Thursday afternoon anticipation for the Friday meeting. Yeah. Let's just keep going through. Oh, but, but the interesting thing about that COVID time was we had thought, now, our industry, and we'll come on with that, our business is different from the high street agent. Um, we're very much more commercially based estate, residential estate agent. However, when we look at it from an industry point of view, we're thinking, well, how do we get into value houses? How do we, how do we meet people to sell houses? You know, what's going to happen to our business? This can't survive. But clearly, the government, who, um, I, I think through luck more than anything else, we were obviously a massive cash cow industry for the government. So through stamp duty, through a lot of def- different fees, the government said we've got to keep the residential work ticking over here. So yeah. weirdly, construction and residential, and thankfully. They were kept going because their sympathies go out not only those who obviously had ill health or lost lives through COVID, but obviously you look at hospitality sector which was decimated, uh, travel tourism which is decimated. Yeah, so we were very very lucky that we were able to to trade uh, immensely. Um, but the but the one thing as well we didn't anticipate was uh, lifestyle change. So uh, I think that's one thing no one saw coming. You know, as in if you lived in a two-bed apartment hypothetically and maybe you're just starting family you know when you're in lockdown you're like god i i need a garden i need to get out so we have this massive suburban influx of interest um for yeah, people have space to have a have a get together a party in a garden instead of being confined within a, an apartment you know, so there's different trends different Different changes. And of um, course, the government furlough scheme supported everybody. Sorry, not party way. through lockdown, by the way, let me caveat that. I think it's it's well worth mentioning that no podcast is complete without a jingle. Correct. I mean, anyone you listen to, and the weird thing is, maybe it's because I'm coming middle-aged and I've got three children and I'm boring and everyone thinks COVID's slowing us all down and we don't want to socialise anymore. I think that's just a coincidence. I think I'm just getting old and boring. But I listen to podcasts when I walk the dog. Now, in every podcast I listen to, has a jingle. So I'm sort of thinking, instead of just listening to our dulcet tones, you're obviously a fantastic captain of this podcast. It needs to be broken up by some kind of music. And what a person we have got to devise that amazing jingle you heard. (laughs) We've got the right honourable Mr. Michael Ringland, son of a great British and Irish lion. Michael, unfortunately, is not very good at sport. And <laughs> he I, actually is, but we just like off. I I, I think at this stage that we should talk about now. We we can't, we're not we'll not mention names or developer in particular, but Michael had just joined us, and usually, um, any new homes agent, David, myself, or any other new homes agent out there, and, and I, when pitching for a bit of business, pitching for a site for a couple of units, you prepare a document, you talk about how. What you can do, what value you can add to this, what market material you can do. Well, what's our point of we, difference? We we decided one day to try and think outside the box and rewrite the book on this. So Michael just joined us, and we caught wind of uh, his love for the guitar and and the old song. Sorry, Michael so, told us every morning he's really good at the guitar. But in fairness, we didn't catch wind. He just kept telling us. We just kept ignoring him. In fairness, he is. So we got Michael then to devise a song for one of our developers with an up and coming site. I think you say compose or compose, write a song. compose write a song. or write a song, whatever, whatever. And uh, 
I, I tell you what, that'll not be his last. It went down. <laughs> the reaction we've never seen. Oh, and it was a beautiful piece of music. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I was going to say. So what, uh, what, what, what that in turn done, what that has in turn done for Michael, it means that he is now our resident yeah. musician. Not only on the guitar, he plays the classical flute. And you will hear that in his jingle. It's on his business card, <laughs> sales and musician. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's the classical flute, not, not the... The religious, you know, or the political flute. It is, it is a classical flute, which is even more weird in this day and age. You, you had touched on actually before there, just about you saying you're getting old and boring and socialising. We were we were discussing before this podcast, and we've discussed it recent last number of weeks, just how our social lives have changed since the pandemic. I mean, okay, we have kids, so that kind of hems us in a bit or whatever. Which is great, and I, I love it. But I am finding myself when I leave work, I'm super social within it, and then I just now shut off. I don't know whether it's been COVID's fast track that maybe shut off's not the right word to use. Still a bit, bit of a glass of two in the house or whatever. But I do not find myself rushing out the door to the nearest bar. But I, you know? I, I don't know if that's a stage of life that we're at as well because. I suppose when I'm a lot I, younger than you remember, David. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a lot younger because of the hair colour. That's not the case. But <coughs> what we've got, um, you know, I'm in my mid forties, and I'm on all day speaking to clients and purchasers and solicitors and funders and all the, the you know, and colleagues within the industry. And I suppose you talk so much every day, all day that when I go home, you ask my wife and kids, they probably said I'm a wee bit quiet compared to you know, yeah. it's probably the last thing you'd expect. But I think it's probably just a stage of life for us that. COVID probably has accelerated that because we've all gone a bit more languid. We've gone a bit more time to relax. And, you know, I think because the social scene was turned off for six months completely, that people sort of went back into their comfort zones. But you look at the way we work now. Yeah. So we've just gone through a massive well, office refit in Colliers. And the reality here is is that we have much we have more meeting rooms, which are basically pods, so people can do excuse me, teams calls. People can do... Zoom calls because that's not a way of life. We used to have to travel five or six yeah. hours a week to go to meetings with clients. Now we dial in and we do the same meeting. So it's actually given us more time to sell, more time to try and get business. That's sort of an interesting take. Yeah. On. I, I kind of, if I'm being honest, I, 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 I'm not a massive fan of Zoom calls I, 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 or Teams calls. It kind of, I, I'm looking forward to the day when all boardrooms open again and we're around the table. You still think it's quite funny to the beach in the background and stuff, do you? Uh, I actually made it my own background <laughs> for very it depends on the conversation and who's on the other line but you know <laughs> yeah oh I'm in space yeah, yeah. nice one 2019 mate oh, I'm, I'm in Marbella on the beach you know <laughs> yeah. anyway so yeah David just where we are now um, with, with Colliers New Homes why Colliers New Homes what, what took you down that route so Colliers International in 2015-16 had approached me because they were very successful in selling residential property in the Far East and in London and all over Latin America and Europe. And basically the concept was the commercial company sold a large piece of land, developers came and built housing or apartments on that land and they were giving it to a local agent to sell. They started doing it in-house themselves. And there was huge, huge success around the Far East where there's uh, high-rise, high-rise development. Um, all down Australia, Latin America, Europe. 
And then it came to London, and London now controlled a lot of those Far Eastern offices. So basically, Belfast came to me suggesting what they wanted to do was open an office only selling new build property and land. Yeah. I suppose how that's different from any other agency is that we're not conflicted. We don't sell a development in Kirkstown and we sell 15 houses against that development. We sell land and new homes throughout Northern Ireland and it streamlines and it's, it's central to that whole side of the market. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why I suppose I followed you. Well, we work together, we, we know each other, we're, we're friends. You were my sixth call. We're <laughs> 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 yeah. I know it was yeah. your second, actually. <laughs> yeah, so, but, a, lot um, of people, a lot of people said no thank you. I, I got, I got over being... with you, Minari. I, then. <laughs> I got I got over being number two, but I mean I got you from under that bridge and I cleaned you up. <laughs> but I mean that that is in all seriousness that's part of the reason why uh, I, I came along as well. Um, I mean we we have worked in all uh, departments if you like of residential agency. You know you have rentals, you have resales, your your you have new homes, you have land, you have commercial element, yeah. you have management, and I, I find myself getting so distracted. From the thing I loved and that thing I had a bit of a of a passion for, was that land you homes and, I you know, back in our previous life, when you had fifteen hundred clients to try and please, you know, on all these different different departments, mm-hmm. it it is very very difficult to do that and do that right, you know, where we're kind of, well well kind of here we're very focused on the, that 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 element of of a new build site. We're selling that patch of land and with 15 20 clients between us at one time you know which we can give full focus to you know so i enjoy that now i have to say so the other interesting thing about working in a big commercial firm like we do is the different disciplines within the big office that we've got so obviously there's there's a huge financial and accounting team that we've got here which leads into management of a lot of different shopping centers and sites and housing projects but also we've got a valuations team that value for banks and funds and, and a lot of you know land and property services or whoever, and social housing. So we always speak to those guys. You've got surveyors and a lot of civil teams, which so there's different there's different disciplines that we know nothing about, which now we've sort of understood a lot more about the market. And then you've got the office guys, the agency guys, the investment guys. I mean, I'm not sure if any of them like us. Uh, no, I get on. I get on well. They may not like oh, you too much. Yeah, <laughs> I just tell them how to do their job. Why would I? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not educated. Well. Really <laughs> hope they're not listening to this. No, one person in this. Um, but it is very interesting to sit in an office with so many different departments, and you can sort of feed off what they do, and it's really good crack as well. To be honest, you got to have a bit of a thick skin. Yeah. It's a wee bit like the Wolf of Wall Street down there at times, but it's great crack and. Everybody works very, very hard. Everyone has different images of what Wolf and Wall Street is, you know, just it's not Matthew McConaughey beating his chest, he means, but right? It's just it's very active. But it's it's great fun, and I think the fact we all get on very well together um, resonates as a team. Yeah, fair play. Um, I wouldn't mind discussing just, obviously, there's going to be various guests on this podcast, um, and just to give well, that's our listener... If they were just listening to us... Our listener would be a turned off by now. I'd say the one you buy, uh, but just to give our listener a heads up, as the guest coming once we get rid of David, she is an award-winning property developer. We also have a household named Sport, who since retiring from a sport has gone into different business ventures along with property, and we have a renowned architect from Northern Ireland. Okay, but before we go, 
we're, we're going to ask the same question to all our guests, so I thought I would just ask you, Dave. If you could pick a plot anywhere in the world to build your dream home, where would it be and who would you want to live there with? Great question. Great question. There's a safe answer and there's not a safe answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, I kind of love where I live. Um, obviously, I'd like to live a bit more work in my house because it's very old, but I, I certainly wouldn't move from where I am. But if you're asking me if I could have another house... Uh, sure. Let's, let's, let's sure. Let's say. Let's say. So a, I, I, a holiday I, home. I live down near the sea. I walk my dog every morning on the shore. Love where I am. No problem. If I had a holiday home, I'd definitely go on the mountains in France and the Alps somewhere. Probably Courchevel. I build a nice big chalet. Go skiing. Who's living there with you? So I'm hundred percent living with people I live with at the minute. My house, my wife and kids. Right. Hypothetically, you can't live with your wife. Who are you living with? John Daly. <laughs> as in, as in, as well, in the golfer, not the what, weird guy on TV. In why America. John Daly? Out of curiosity. Because he's a rock star. I mean, he's he's sitting, you know, play some golf. Okay, so crack, just just to beers. let you know something, you've chosen to pick up the live in a hill in France, where I doubt there's any golf courses because it's covered in snow, and that's your angle to live in there. So, what golf are you gonna play with? That's, that's the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> You'll need a yellow ball. <laughs> yeah, the bird on actually is built on a okay fair enough, fair um, enough. Aaron, can I fire that question back to you because it's obviously going to be something you're going to be okay let's, let's, let's see what the let's see what the host says about that if you were then, not living where would you like this was a question I'm asking you and guests it wasn't meant to come back to me uh, but if I had to choose uh, it would be probably somewhere like Marbella and of course living with my darling wife and no one else <laughs> not your kids no <laughs> nope, the kids the kids do not need to be there. Okay, All three so, can stay behind and so just my wife. <laughs> if you're if you weren't allowed to be same question. Okay, 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 fair enough. Uh just for the banter, Will Farrell. You see I see a lot body. of synergy about this. So you obviously run around the office trying to be funny all the time and everyone's a bit sick of it but you always Is that try, really? you always try to become Ron Burgundy and I see you're wearing a lovely Burgundy tie today no. so, so now we're going to start calling you Aaron Burgundy no this is what <laughs> friends of mine call me you know that just... I mean, you don't have any friends we don't have that's why you're doing a podcast this is my, wa- my wife calls friends. me then right? <laughs> so you want to be Will Ferrell so you can talk about Anchorman all day. We would talk. We would just go quote for quote, <laughs> like a quote off. You're in a, you're in a whole wheel of cheese. Yeah. So you want to live a Will Ferrell? I want to live a John Daly. Yeah. Do you know what? The four of us should live together. I think that'd be a good crack. In We've got a four ball for the golf. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, thanks for uh, listening to that waffle. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it. We do actually, we will have some very interesting guests, so hopefully you do come back. Don't panic, it'll not always be David Minari. And uh, I don't want to say anything else other than you stay classy, Belfast. <laughs>